Hello and welcome to the Rad Dad Show, a podcast by dads for dads. I'm your host, Rob Schilt, with my co-host, Sal Minervini. What's up? This podcast, we're going to talk about when to stop throwing that big party for your kids, not for you adults. You can keep having those big parties and boozers and keggers, whatever you want to do, whatever your little heart desires. But before we get into that, I want to talk about how ridiculous some of these parties are. I've seen up to 20 kids at a bounce you or at another bounce facility or out at some venue, an urban air or something like that, where parents are spending, I mean, a thousand dollars, a couple hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars, over $500 on their kids between the ages of, of two and six, seven, eight. I don't know. I, and that's why we want to talk about this. Sal, do you really think kids are going to remember their birthday parties under the age of five? I mean, it depends. Uh, four and up, uh, my experience, not only do they remember the amount of kids that they had at the party, but they also remember the gifts they received. I asked my daughter about something that was sitting on her dresser, and she said, oh, so-and-so gave me that for my fifth birthday. Of course, I'm standing there scratching my head saying to myself, what the hell is this thing, and how did it make it through the move? But do you even know? Like, do you even know this so and so? I mean, are they even still friends at this point? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think ten, twenty kids is a little bit much. I I think ten, under ten is is reasonable and respectable. But I do know when they're in kindergarten, they want to, and that's their first year in an organized school. They do want to have a party where everyone from their class is there, and, and a co-ed party in a lot of cases which I have two boys. The, the boys don't even like talking to the girls most of the time. I mean, it's very few. Besides your daughters, I don't think they really like any, any girls. All right, what age would you stop throwing a huge party? But before we answer that question, Sal, first, let's define what a huge party is. Personally, I say anything above 10, 10 kids. That's enough. These kids aren't going to remember it. They're not even going to remember half the kids who are there. Their friends are going to change in two years. Well, I mean... Huge party to me is 15. Huge or huge? Huge. Okay. Huge. 15 plus kids. A party A party to me, 10 kids, um, either at your house or, or, or a small venue. Have I you seen my house? It is a small venue. <laughs> oh, stop. That's why you got to come on this side of town. I, I believe age seven is a good age to stop throwing uh, huge parties. We have three girls with birthdays all within a month of each other, when they were younger, this is nuts. When they were younger, not only did we have a friend's party with every single kid in the class, but we also had a family party. So a family party for my youngest, then it was her friend's party. Then a family party for my middle, then it was her friend's party. Six parties in a span of three months. You want to talk about being spent and not only about money... (laughs) But energy and time, Whew. but don't look, don't get me wrong. The smiles on their faces are priceless. Uh, I'll do it again if I had to. So now that the kids are a little bit older, what is your go-to party? Is it going to be like a medieval times, a sleepover, is it Dave and Buster's, but with like smaller group of kids? What my wife does now is she, she tells our kids, you can select five kids, five friends, and we'll have a little get together at the house. My wife will do arts and crafts. She'll do if it's nice out. She'll do games out in the backyard. Can we hire her? You absolutely can. She don't come cheap though. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now that we have a pool, I'm sure it's going to turn into some pool parties. But my wife, I think she's done sleepover once or twice before, and I don't remember because 
if she does a sleepover, I'm I'm typically working overnight somewhere else, which works out better for me. She can handle the the craziness and and the pillow fights and the staying up late. I don't no thanks. <laughs> Medieval times, I did do that when I was a kid, and I do remember it was actually pretty cool. Something I haven't done with the kids yet that I'd like to. Dave and Buster's, to me, I think that's an adult game room. I, I don't think kids are, especially our kids, our age, their age, uh, shouldn't be exposed to Dave and Buster's. Why? Hold on, I got. I, I can't let this go, even though this is not in the script. But why shouldn't they be exposed to Dave and Buster's? Because you got a bunch of grown ass adults drinking at the bar and playing video games. The last thing I need is some drunk ass person pushing my kid out the way because they wanted to get to the ski ball. Watch out for those ski balls flying through Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I, so I went to college in Philly, and the Dave and Buster's in Philly on. Um, Delaware Ave was huge. I mean, the place was amazing. It was right on. It was right on the river. Absolutely beautiful. It had. It was so huge. It had room for everything. And I remember we used to go there in college, and, and we used to drink. But they had this indoor driving range, almost like Top Golf, but it was more of a like a video game. You would hit the ball into the into the wall, and it would do. But we would rent out the whole area and just do do that. Hit the ball into the wall. Bounce hit back. The ball into, hit, the wall, hit into the screen. Whatever. <laughs> And it would go, and you would see it. It was like video. It was fun because you ordered food, you get drinks. It was a good time. But I, I get what you're saying. I've taken the boys to Dave and Buster's twice or three times. It was a good time. It's about a twenty to thirty minute com- drive. I want to say commute. It's not commute. It's a drive <laughs> to 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 Dave and Buster's. It's not that bad. The one we went to wasn't as packed as you would expect it to be. We used to go at times where it's not. Seven eight o'clock at night. It's yeah you know, in the and, afternoon when no one's really there. Right, exactly. And it was to say, it all depends on what time you go to. If you want to go with the kids, which I haven't done, I guess picking a better time like twelve one o'clock when the adults aren't there partying, playing video games, and make them pretend that they're uh, you know sniper wolf and uh, <laughs> the sniper games and Ghost Recon and whatever else is out there. And <laughs> now Sal is definitely not a gaming dad. No, no, definitely I am more not. of a gaming dad, and I don't know with the Dave and Buster. Do they have Atari at Game of? Dave and Buster's? I do not believe so. I think you just <laughs> dated yourself. All right, so let's bring this back full circle. The main topic is when do we stop throwing these large parties? We've kind of defined what a large party is. You have your say. I have my say. We always have to be in agreement. But what what age do you think is the right time to stop? I think seven. Seven's a good age for big parties, 15-plus kids to me. Ten-plus for me. <laughs> I mean, we both come from Italian families, which have huge parties. Now it's only small get-togethers, and my wife includes my the, my other daughters as well. So depending on whose birthday party it is, they get to select five friends or six, seven friends. She likes to do a total of ten. My other daughters get to select a friend to be at the party as well. Oh, that's sometimes. A, that's interesting. Yeah. Just so they can all... That's interesting because if the youngest guy is very close with my older guy's group of friends because when he was growing up he wasn't in daycare he wasn't in any anything until about a year before he went to kindergarten and even then his friends were were limited we don't live on a block where there's a lot of kids so he really hung out with your son's friends yeah he became really close with the older guy's friends so they all look to him as as my older guy's little brother but he's part of that group and he's part of that group in almost every regard with the exception of like you know taking their bikes to Dunkin' Donuts or Burger King or wherever they go. Because, one, he doesn't know how to ride yet. And, two, he's too young to be riding with a bunch of nine-year-olds into town. Wait, hold on. You said your oldest goes to Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. By himself, really? By himself, yeah. Damn. 
they ride their bike. So now the new thing that we've done this summer is, is instill a little freedom. So get them freaking out of the house. <laughs> but yeah, one of the big things we wanted to do, some of the other mothers, cause I didn't organize this. Let's be honest. It was my wife. Some of the other moms got together and they all have the gizmo watch. So we bought it. Uh, we have to pay for more because it's through Verizon and, we, and we're cheap and we have Sprint and T-Mobile. So we got it for him. It's a little expensive, but we get to see where he is. They ride the Dunkin' Donuts. They get culottas and donuts. And then they ride. They sit there sometimes and just drink and eat it. I can only imagine the look and excitement on your oldest's face and what he felt when you told him, go. Oh, he was, he's scared a little bit, but after the first time. So the first couple of times, one of the moms always kind of travels behind them or keeps an eye on them. But now most Don't reason, lie. That was you. No, it wasn't me. It was trying to work. <laughs> but now I think the last time when they did it, somebody followed them there and no one followed them back. So they made it back on their own. Oh, that's awesome. So my, it's great. My and, oldest, my, my wife won't even let her go around the block by herself. Really? Oh, it's crazy. We're fine with it. They're really observant. They understand, like, hey, there's cars. We have to be observant of cars. And they know the way. It's, it's what is it, two turns to get there. And then when they're at another friend's house, sometimes they have to cross that major road that runs through the center of town. Yep. And that's a major road. It's very busy because it comes off a highway. And they're able to navigate that That's great. Well. So I remember when we were kids, we were, nine, we were riding our bikes everywhere. So it's a different time. I, I understand that. But at the same point, these kids need some freedom. And they can't be housed up in the house and their only social thing they can do is do a FaceTime or play video games. It's, it's driving them nuts. No, you and we're get totally off on a tangent right now. So let's bring it all the way back. <laughs> all the way back. So we've kind of touched on what's the definition of a large party, 10 or 15, depending on who you're thinking about. I also think, of, think that also entails how many people and how much you want to spend, because that also will dictate it, right? If you have sure. 15 and you're willing to spend $100 a kid or you're, you know, you can get 15 kids for $500 or whatever your budget is, you know, that, that comes into play. But now let's talk about everyone's favorite subject, money. What is the appropriate gift value for a children's birthday? That is a sore subject because what do you start out with? 20 bucks, 25 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. I mean, you don't want to look like you're too cheap, but then you don't want to go overboard depending on how close the friend is. Is it someone you really hang out with? Then you go to the 25, $30 range. If it's someone that is just an acquaintance, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks. Do you ever go above 25? That's my wife's uh, department. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, at least in our house, I think when you have a group of friends, that's about 10 kids. And that means you're giving out nine gifts over the, the full year. And that means everyone's giving out nine gifts for the full year. And you don't know how many more people are in their relative groups. And if they have another group of friends. 25 is is sufficient and a lot of times what i've been seeing is some people would just buy presents and you never know what that dollar value is the whole gift card thing we don't have to worry about it got you a gift card we know the kids who play fortnite so we're gonna get them v bucks and they, they're gonna love it and they're gonna be so excited that they got that and then there's gonna be other kids who are gonna say hey we'll give you we give you an amazon gift card or i don't know what we get that's, again that's my wife's department i agree with you but we'll give them a gift card of some sort and 
I think friends is one thing. I think when you get into your nieces and nephews, that price range ranges or increases in my oh, mind. Oh, sure, absolutely. When you get to nieces, when you get to family, that price definitely increases. But I'm going to agree with you with the the gift card thing. It, it takes the the challenge out of trying to figure out what the kid likes. So you just get them either cash. We've done cash sometimes. You get them the cash or or gift card. The gift card or the cash makes things a lot easier. Yeah, and I think that's the right way to go. And I think if you're looking for an easy gift and you're racking your brain over what to get some of these kids, just go with the gift card. Make your life easier. Yes, it it takes away the excitement of opening the gift. But at the same time, the kid gets exactly what they want. Yes. And if they get multiple gift cards to the same – like so if three or four people get Amazon gift cards or if they're Fortnite or Roblox or whatever else is out there – and you get them that, they can spend it on that. And while parents may not love it, the kids are going to absolutely love it. Have you ever gotten a re-gift? No, I don't think so. One of my daughters, and we knew it for a fact, was a re-gift. <laughs> did you give it to them? No, no, no. Oh, we, no my daughter got it. No, no, no. I mean, did you initially give it to that person and then that person gave it back to you? Because that would have been great. Yes. That's what happened? Yes. Oh, my God. That's awesome. It was a Christmas gift. That we gave their daughter, <laughs> and she gave it back as a birthday gift. Wow. Yes. That's, uh, that's an interesting one. Needless to say, we no longer speak. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually – so this is a good topic. Did you actually confront them, or did you just let it slide? It was awkward as it was. I didn't want to confront them. Because they knew that you knew? I, I think they did. Yeah. I think they did. But, I mean, we didn't stop talking to them because of that. It Obviously. Just, one of my childhood friends and you know things get life gets in the way and we just grew apart and ain't that the truth that is that that is very true once you go from single to married to kids your group of friends completely changed oh i was talking to my daughter about that probably two weeks ago you know i had a ton of friends in in high school and then as you go through college that those number of friends just just get smaller the group of friends just get smaller and smaller you probably count the amount of friends on one hand you know, we have a bunch of acquaintances, but the people you truly hang out with and talk to on a regular basis is very limited. I have maybe five friends from college that I still keep in touch with, and some of them is like a text quarter, a text half a year. Hey, happy Father's Day. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'll see you if I if I can, you know, roll down there. Or I'll see you when you come up here. Like, it's so distant that even when you see them, like some of your friends who you see who you haven't really spent any time with, Either you revert to your idiotic ways of when you were that person because you've changed, right? From the person I was in high school to the person I was in college to the person I was when I was single before I met my wife to when I met my wife to married to kids, all those people oh, are different. Different, sure, absolutely. They are completely different people. You can, my best friend in college tells my son, and he doesn't see him often because he lives in Georgia. He's like, I'll tell you stories about your dad when in college. And I was like, no, that's not necessary because <laughs> I am not that person. Right. I've matured. I've done things. You know, I'm not saying I'm a saint by any means. I, I've done things that, you know, looking back on it were idiotic to say the least. Right. You said you matured. I matured. You were acting like Frank the Tank about a week ago. Yeah, that's I don't know what <laughs> scenario a week ago. We didn't hang out last week, did we? I don't know. And I look and I literally looked away from the mic to think about that if we hung out last week. <laughs> Try, still trying to think. Frank the Tank. No, Frank the Tank would have been streaking through the quad. Yes, right? yes, yes. So we're streaking. <laughs> that that is that's a great movie. If you don't know the quote, you should be ashamed of yourself. 
I'm not even going to tell you. Needless to say, I've matured compared to what I used to be. I don't chug beer anymore. I now drink whiskey. So I'm, I'm much more – I have a mature palate. You're a much more sophisticated individual. Yes, I am definitely much more sophisticated. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but, I mean, it, it, it's amazing how we started off this podcast talking about kids' birthdays and presents. And now we're just talking about the stages of life through high school, through college, and how we've changed. But you think about it. It all relates. Very, very loosely, but it does relate because the way the kids will go from a very young age between two to seven, it's mostly your friends who go to those first birthday parties up until five. Yep. And then some people they know from daycare when they get to kindergarten, it's the first introduction. So you're bringing them in. Now they start getting their group of friends and their group of friends get smaller and tighter. But as they progress past past five and six to seven to eight to nine, those friends change almost every year. They still have their one or two people who they're really, really close with. But the the peripherals, the, the other kids outside that one or two close buddies change. Yep, I agree. And it's amazing to watch and to explain that to my son that, hey, your friend that is your best friend now will not be your best friend when you're daddy's age or when you're going to college. Well, I want to go to college with him. I said, listen, guys, I went to college with my best friend from high school, one of my best friends from high school. We roomed the first year together. I joined a fraternity and moved into the fraternity house after committing. And this is honestly a mistake I probably made (laughs) and burned our friendship. But after telling him I was going to room with him in the sophomore dorms, I backed out and went into the fraternity house. So he ended up rooming with people he didn't didn't know. know. I never even thought about it from his perspective because my fraternity had just gotten a house. And I didn't find out until years later that that is one of the things that triggered why we lost our friendship. There's probably a thousand other things. I was hanging out with the fraternity more. He got a serious girlfriend his sophomore year who eventually married. I think it was actually the end of our freshman year and sophomore year who became very serious. And then he got other friends too. We had other groups of friends. But your friends constantly change. And if you had told me five years ago or ten years ago, I wouldn't be friends with some of the people who I was very close with at the time, I'd say no way. I lived in South Jersey 10 years ago. I moved up here. Are a lot of the couples we were really close with in South Jersey, we don't even talk to anymore. If I go down in there and I see them, it's awesome. And we have a good time. The kids get together. They like each other. You pick up right where you left off? No. <laughs> no. And that's like one of the guys I've known for. So I've known him since 1998. So, or no, he started since 2000. So I've known him for 20 years. Yes, I've known them a long time. But we've had kids. They've had three kids. We've had two kids. The kids know each other, but they see each other. They've seen each other three times. They play well together, but again, they've seen each other three yeah. times. Distant relationships are tough, man. Yeah. The friendships will change as they progress throughout their lives, as so did ours. And I had a best friend when, you know, we had best friends when we were in elementary school who, when I got to high school, I didn't even talk to anymore. I mean, I've, I've heard stories and I admire stories uh, of, of people who do keep the relationship you know they met in elementary school and they keep that relationship throughout that's life amazing. those, that's those stories are amazing I, I love hearing stories like that but i mean even when our kids change grades they don't go into the next grade with the same people that they just were with so they i think it's done purposely so they can rotate the kids in and out yes and, and, and they're exposed to different individuals and they can you know uh, broaden their 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 friendships meet new people diverse people different people the handful of friends will not stay the same i agree no and i think it's good though that they do that and i think it's it's definitely done purposely i know my son's best friend wasn't in his class since kindergarten and in third grade was the first time now here's an interesting thing 
what is going to happen next year? Because it really doesn't matter what class you're in if they're not going to school. What do you mean next year? You mean this year this in September? Year. Yeah, when, in September. When, when we don't return? Yeah, when we don't return. <laughs> when the, the governor said that they can do remote learning. I don't know what parents are going to do. People who have two dual incomes are, are going to be no, tough. Two, two people that work, it's tough. Uh, my neighbor, a couple doors down, they're working, both husband and wife. And I was just thinking about this the other day. I was thinking, they don't have family that lives with them. What do they do with their kids first thing in the morning? And I know the husband is out of the house, I think, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and the wife is not too far behind them. So are they getting the kids up at this early in the morning and, and, and shuffling them to somewhere? There's no pre-care at that time, right? Pre-care is like 7, no I think. Idea. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I know a lot of people are going to face that issue, but, again, it, it's crazy. So – Going back to something that I was talking about, and this is this is not inclusive. This is more of a kind of a news type of thing that we're going to do. We have a couple bits that we're going to do. Obviously, we want to do the bit on bourbon tasting, and the bourbon tasting we're going to do live. Well, sort of live. We're going to pause the podcast, taste it, and then give our feedback so that we're not doing based on memory. Because the, the Widow Jane, which we did in episode two, if I'm mistaken. Two. So we did, an, we did a review in episode two. We're going to do another one in five, and we're going to keep doing it going forward. I don't know how many bourbons we'll get through, but uh, we'll definitely give it a try. It'll definitely be interesting if we taste the bottle and then start recording. Yeah, we learned that lesson the the first time we ever recorded. (laughs) But the one thing I do want to touch on is sports are back. Baseball is back officially, so the Yankees were playing the Nationals, and there's another game no one cares about, right? I think the Bad News Bears? Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe Pittsburgh. Who cares? It's <laughs> And if my buddy who I work with, who's a huge Pittsburgh fan, is listening to this, I'm sorry. But it's not a New York team. Let's be honest. That's like a AAA team. He's going to kill me <laughs> if he listens to this. But it's back, and I think it's important for, honestly, America. It's important to you know get the morale up and see. I know there's no fans in the stands. I know that the revenues are going to be down. But it's good to have something to watch besides binging on Netflix Prime or whatever else people are watching, it gives you an outlet. Now, do I really care if the Yankees win the World Series in a shortened season? That's going to be asterisks. No, I don't. I honestly very much enjoy baseball. I think if baseball does it right and they're very, based on everything I've read, and listen, I have not spending hours upon hours reading about baseball and how they're handling the COVID crisis, but I've seen less backlash about baseball versus football. And from my understanding, baseball is doing temperature monitoring, checking their players. If they're test positive, they're taken out and put on the disabled list until they recover. I know there's three Yankees who were taken out over the last three weeks or have not returned to the team. So they're being very proactive about it. I think it's important because I think it's for the nation. It gives us something. Now, everyone's not a baseball fan. People that listen to this probably like, shut the fuck up, Rob. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's great. But it's something that is bringing us back to reality. It is bringing us back to how things have to return once this crisis is over. Call it the new norm with no fans in the stands? That's going to be eerie. Just think about those players. It it is eerie. I mean, it brings you back to to Little League when they were like, mom and dad were there, and there's 10 (laughs) people in the stands, right? They're still the personnel who are there. The, The one thing they were doing when we were watching, let me take a step back. The Premier League, which is the English Soccer League, has been on to finish out the season, which they wouldn't typically be playing now. They typically are on break right now. So I've been watching that, but not everyone's a soccer fan, and that's based in Europe. So what they did is they pumped in fan music at the stadiums. 
I assume the fake crowd, the fake crowd. I assume baseball is going to do the same thing. I know. I think it's Korean baseball. They actually put stuffed animals in the stands, and it was pretty funny. In Japan, they had robots doing different dances. Some of the clubs are getting very creative about it, and they should because that's the entertainment. Talk about a distraction. Yeah. (laughs) It's entertainment. Any blow-up dolls in the stands? No, I don't think I've seen that. (laughs) So I think that's the wrong sport. I'm not exactly sure what sport you're talking about. But it's good to see that some of these things are coming back. Yes, not everyone's a baseball fan. It gives us some some hope that we will get back to a new norm come the fall. Now, will it? Who knows? I, I'm not a doctor from what Wait, I know. you're not a proctologist? I am not a proctologist. I thought you were a urologist. In we my previous of, life. And we have not even started the bourbon tasting yet. <laughs> so hopefully these, these podcasts will get more entertaining and we'll have people actually subscribe to them. So when I see the dashboard, it looks good. My kids' uh, softball team, the season in, uh, we're still going. Seeing the kids in, in the dugout with the masks on, the parents with the masks on, it, it's a little... Um, so I have a bone to gripe about this. I have a bone strange. to pick. Here's my biggest beef with this. The teams that are playing, right, within at least our district and our town are only the travel teams. So 90% of the kids are not playing sports. The rec department decided not to start anything. I mean, that, that's but absolutely... that blows my mind how travel can work and rec can't. But rec is, is not willing to, to, to do anything. They're also... So in our town, they are different organizations, which is a whole other ballgame. But that's not true for baseball. That's not true for baseball. That is true for soccer. Soccer travel and soccer record are different in our town. Yes, yes. Baseball, they're the same. So why would you forego rec baseball and not move it to the summer instead of whatever BS they put together where they're keeping some of the money and moving some of the money? And, yeah. That, that, and you're not actually getting a credit. You're getting a credit for next year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have my own opinions about that too. Whoop. But – if the whole point is to get the kids out there to play, why is travel take precedent? I don't know. It could be it could be people are afraid of liability, you know. Which I mean, then that liability doesn't change if you're playing rec versus there's still a liability for travel. Well, right? I mean, yeah, because we we had to sign a waiver. They do take the kids' temperatures uh, before when they get there. There are protocols they need to follow, which they do, and they're doing a really good job of it. So, I, so I'm are impressed. they doing it, or are the coaches? Uh, what do you mean? Is that they as the kids? No, is the no, no, is the, co- the coaches. So, so the coaches, what they do is take the, the temperature gun, yeah. they scan their forehead, they write the temperature down on, on a sheet of paper, and they keep track. Okay. So while that's great, I don't know why that can be done with rec. Now, be it as a coach who's coached pretty much every sport at every age level up to my oldest, which, as most people know, is nine on this podcast because I've said his name and his age. <laughs> but. I couldn't do that for a five and six year old. Five and six year old, I blow my mind. Like that would drive me nuts. Those kids can't stay within. Like they tackle, they wrestle, they play. Like they have a great time. They're not there for for baseball or t ball. They're there to socialize. Yeah, and look, I'm going to tell you that the the coaches, although doing a really good job keeping having the kids, if they're within six feet of each other, put their mask on. It does become a challenge. Softball team, my my daughter's on has four coaches. I mean, one's a head coach, and I think one's assistant, and the other two are volunteers. But there is one that strictly, hey, girls, masks. Put your masks on. Put your masks on. If you're within six feet of each other, you got to put your mask on. So they do a really good job in monitoring and doing that. Again, the whole goal of starting up travel is that the kids are getting out there and playing sports, yes. right? Yep. Why can't they do a wreck? Why can't you do a wreck? And I was thinking about this, and this is, I, this is a complete conversation that is on the fly. So our opinions are completely, this is not scripted by any means. 
I just think the kids, a lot of the kids who signed up for baseball are missing out. Now, I agree. You may have had coaches who may have not been willing, and I don't know. I'm thinking it purely about playing the sport, not about managing and managing the COVID and signing the liability waiver and doing that. So maybe the liability is less with less kids. That may be true. But at the same point, if you had coaches, you had people, especially now, everyone's working from home. You probably have more coaches than you ever. It's always a freaking pain to get people out there. Well, I speak for, for soccer. I, I don't know about baseball, but last year's rec season, I think they were having a hard time finding coaches. Oh, that's freaking every year. It's rec soccer. I haven't even got an email on at least our town, the rec baseball. We had directive very early. They were trying to get it in. And then pretty much the directive was given, I think by the government that this isn't going to happen. They actually tried. They did at one point try and they pulled it. I don't know how travel was able to circumvent that. And maybe it's because of a small group of kids. There's less organization needed because it's not within the town. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I never I even thought about that. And they're even struggling to get professional sports running. So how is travel? Well, we had uh, I coached my daughter's um, soccer team, and we had tryouts last week. And the trainer is a uh, college coach, and he said that they already canceled the uh, fall season for yeah. soccer. Collegiate the, the sports college. is canceled, and we're doing travel. I don't get it. Like, yeah, it doesn't I, make I, something's not adding up here. Like. Do we, do we really think this small town knows more than other nationwide or statewide? Like, to me, I know the Ivy League canceled theirs, but no one really cares about the Ivy League except, and if there's any Ivy Leaguers listening <laughs> to this, I apologize. But if you're talking football, it ain't the Ivy League. You're talking, honestly, the SEC. Let's be honest for everybody. That's where it's at. Go dogs. So, <laughs> all right, full circle. So we still have dad lessons to take on. What are we looking at dad lessons for this week? I'm going to take both of these on. All right. Because I think they were mine. One for sure. <laughs> One definitely yeah. yours. So first ad lesson is if you are going to a pool party or the beach or the lake, I highly suggest and recommend that you have your child or children apply sunblock before leaving the house. Because I've had the experience where as soon as we get to the destination where the pool, lake, or beach is, what do the kids want to do? Run right into the water. They don't want to wait the 10 minutes for the sunblock to dry. Then it's going to work. Because then what happens when we get home? I got sunburn. And, of course, you know, Motrin or, or aloe gel. or when I, when I was a kid, there was no sunblock. We used to go to a, a beach in Long Island. And every time on the way back, we had this thing called solar cane. It was a spray, aerosol spray. And I used to spray that stuff on me. And, boy, did it sting. At least in your house. You can tan. So I think this is very important for anybody who has a redhead, who doesn't have a redhead as a significant other, because that does happen. So my wife's a redhead and her family had no redheads in recent history. And my son is a redhead. And I will tell you, I have learned the lesson the hard way is even if he's going out with his grandparents, mom, if you're listening, <laughs> this is for you. Make sure to put sunblock on them because it is not the grandparents responsibility to do it it's it's yours and if you know that they're going to be outside for a prolonged period of time grandma's not packing sunblock though i'm surprised she's not with the, how big her purse is <laughs> for those italian mothers out there grandmothers out there it is really the parents responsibility and to be honest apply it before they leave even if they squirm and, and cry i mean it's sound, on 
It's on. Do it yeah, before it they leave. Be. It's on. You got you got the first uh, couple hours of protection. You know, if they're, if they're going to a zoo or something, at least you know they're protected. Exactly. But if our kids are going to be out with the grandparents or if we know they're going to a pool, uh, pool event, they have their own bags. They have beach bags. Towel, sunblock, hat, change of clothes. They have everything. So they know, and whoever they're going with, in a few hours... You got to let them reapply, and they'll reapply, and they got to wait ten minutes before going back, going into the water. Uh, That—that's the hard part, holding them out of the water. So Sal actually has a pool at his house. We have a little blow-up pool that is five by ten and probably two and a half feet deep. Literally, my kids will go out there and be out there and probably be out there for an hour or two before they even realize, oh, maybe I should have put sunblock on. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm working and I'm like, get outside, and then I see them outside. And I'm like, crap. Pulls half in the shade, half out. I guess I gotta go down. Last week we didn't record because this happened. We're hanging out in the backyard. My oldest dog. I got two dogs. We we have a pup. He's 15 weeks old. He's a rescue. He wasn't in the backyard. Uh, Rob and I sitting in the backyard. My oldest dog pops up, beelines to the back of the yard. So I we saw an animal. Both Rob and I grabbed my flashlight to check it out. And it was a skunk. Now, have anybody actually seen a skunk with its tail raised? It looks like maybe a small monkey dancing with its hands up, running away. I was like, what the hell is that? My dog cornered the skunk, and the skunk got him. Oh, my God. It it got him in his eyes. He was rubbing his face in the dirt. His eyes were bloodshot. And now I did the worst thing I could have done. I wanted his eyes to stop burning because I knew they were. Poured some water on his eyes. And then he proceeded to run through the dirt and tumble and, and rub and got every piece of mud on him. So, so it, it is a white dog or was. <laughs> before. It made uh, washing a, a little bit challenging. But I did find on the Internet a lot of websites. Peroxide, dish detergent, and baking soda. You make that paste. You let it sit for a little bit. And then... Um, you wash it off. We washed him about five, six times, and he still has, there's still a little scent to him. We haven't washed him since, but he's due for another bath. I urge you, before you let your dog out in the backyard at nighttime, because skunks are nocturnal creatures, make sure there's no skunk lurking in the darkness. And it stinks. You'll go outside, and you'll smell a skunk outside. But if you ever smell a skunk that's sprayed, it is overpowering it is incredible i think it's like a concentrated garlic like a really that's what we were saying right it smelled like garlic really really strong garlic it was intense i don't think i've ever smelled anything like it nor do i want to smell anything like it again so those are our two dad lessons for episode five pretty much does it for this episode thank you very much for listening to wait 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 wait. we didn't do the bourbon tasting shit sorry So Sal's getting a little excited for the bourbon tasting. So we will pause here and come back. We will leave with a, I would say we were going to give a sponsor, but I don't fucking got a sponsor. So we're going to pause here. We're going to taste the bourbon and then we'll come back with our thoughts on it. We'll be back shortly. All right. So for the whiskey, we're going to try or the, yeah, it was whiskey bourbon bourbon that we wanted to review. It's few F E W rye whiskey. Sal, why don't you give your perception of it? So the few rye whiskey, smooth at the sip, your first taste. Well, let's back up. The aroma. Let's go for the aroma. Pour it, smell it, let it sit, and then uh, when you sip it, 
smooth. It's got a spicy finish. Definitely caramel. Get, get the caramel flavor. And you, you can also smell the uh, caramel smell. The caramel smell, smell definitely comes in. It's definitely smooth going coming in. So as you're sipping it, but as you swallow it and, and it rolls over your tongue and, and to your throat, and this sounds very perverted. I'm sorry. It actually <laughs> I almost spit out my water. <laughs> it actually, and I'm trying to be serious about this. Not actually joking for once. It actually is spicy and a little bit and a little bit tougher at the end. I don't remember if we gave Widow Jean a, a ranking, but I think we should be doing a one through ten ranking. What would you give few? Very few points. Very few points. So, <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to rank a few number four. Number four. A four. A four out of ten. That's forty percent. Four out so of that, ten. So that you fail if if that if you're in the grade school, right? You know it's sixty uh, percent and above. Yes. Yes. Typically seventy, so. but four. That's rough. According to few, you're supposed to taste the malted barley. They say honey. I, I didn't get the. I didn't get the honey. I think the honey's the smoothness on the initial sip. I got the caramel. I got the spiciness. They got spicy fruit, dry, and Someone citrus zest. Someone please tell us what spicy fruit is. Yeah. I didn't get the citrus zest, so. That's why I give it a four. Four. So what, if you didn't have that little cheat sheet we provided, what would have you given it? Still a four? A four. Okay, a four. <laughs> That's an interesting rating. Didn't see that one coming. I thought maybe you would have been up at our seven or eight. Oh, it's going to be hard. This is going to be our first rating. Ugh, I think i'm gonna go with a 3.5 3.5 3. 3.5 slightly underneath you and we probably shouldn't be going point anything at this point since this is the first one we're rating but since it's the first one we're actually putting a number to it has to be a little harsher because the ones that you're going to go up against if you go against the favorites that we have which are Blanton's um four roses for me, Breakers, which is a new one that I just told Sal about, Legend. Some of those other ones are well above five. For me, Widow Jane is probably under five. I know Sal has a difference of opinion, but that's really going to be the breaking point. And I think for us, eight through ten, and I don't have a ten yet. I haven't found a ten, but eight through ten are going to be you know, our top picks. And no one's going to get a ten because we have to be open-minded and for new contenders who are going to come into the industry. So... Now, Sal, I think you can take us out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you tune in to our next episode where we talk about our kids in sports. Do we force them to play a sport or not? If you like what you heard, share with someone you like or maybe dislike. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, iTunes, Podbeam, and Spotify. If you have any questions or want to give us some feedback, hit us up on any of the social media outlets I mentioned about two seconds ago. Or you can send us an email at the Rad Dad Show at gmail.com. Later. See ya.